uh, after the security law has been uh, established, and that's even though if I just want to go to my hometown, that was a very risky thing. I would be get arrested maybe somehow when I would get out of the plane or something like that. Or even though just um, not maybe not arrested, but um, being seen or being observed by such kind of police or people from China government. So it is very shocked when the national security law has been um, established in Hong Kong um, the most shocked thing is that uh, the, the law has been discussed and then has been um, generated or has been written by the Chinese government but not the Hong Kong government Welcome back You're listening to The Real Issues, Real Voices, Real Japan podcast by Japan Forward. Here at Japan Forward, we bring to our audience issues that are of real importance in and about Japan from the perspective and context of people inside of Japan, as expressed or captured by them who truly understand the nuances of culture, issues, and current events. In today's session, we're joined by William Lee, who organizes rallies and demonstrations in Japan with the non-profit organization Stand with Hong Kong Japan, an independent grassroots crowdfunded advocacy group consisting of individuals who come together to fight for freedom and democracy for Hong Kong. Let's listen in. Thank you to our listeners and followers for joining us again for our Twitter space. Every week we're seeing more people join us for this live conversation and appreciate it very much. Before we get started, let us introduce ourselves. For anybody unfamiliar with us, we started Japan Forward in 2017 with the goal to reach global audiences mm. by sharing stories, opinions and editorial content from Japan. Our mission, shared by our supporters and followers, is to raise awareness of the Japanese spirit, culture, and tradition. All right, so we'll introduce some of the people from the from some of the editorial staff from Japan Forward. So on this call, we have Ariel. Um, hi, uh, my name is Ariel. I am a reporter at Japan Forward. I have been since 2018. Uh, I have been reporting on a variety of topics, uh, going from culture, politics, uh, and, you know, in this case, uh, for example, relations with uh, between Japan and China and Hong Kong and so on. Um, I had previously met uh, William at an event that was talking about human rights um, violations in China. Um, and that's where I first met him. But then when I found out about this um, demonstration that happened in the Tokyo in Shibuya this past weekend, uh, I met him again and I thought with the anniversary um, and the importance of, you know, Hong Kong going forward, uh, I thought it would be a good opportunity to speak with him. And I'm really excited to be here today. So, yes, that's me. Thank you, Ariel. And I'm Galileo. I'm the host slash moderator of our Twitter space for Japan Forward. I also look after our marketing, um, SEO, SEM, and Twitter and social media accounts. And I guess pretty much nearly everything except for <laughs> right stories now, now nowadays. I'm tied up. I guess Ariel has to, Ariel does all the heavy lifting. <laughs> um, but yes, and I've been in Japan for since um, yeah, 2016, 2017. And happy to be yeah, part of the team since 
um, nearly since the beginning. And so I'd like to introduce our guest. So our guest is William Lee, um, who is part of um, Stand, is it Stand Hong Kong? How do I say that? Uh, Stand with Hong Kong. Yes, Stand with Hong Kong and uh, JPN. Yes, in Japan. So, and he will give <laughs> a better introduction himself, but yeah, we're inviting him um, to our Twitter space today because of the recent anniversary with China and Hong Kong. Um, and we'll go into more details throughout um, the evening. Um, but um, recently, Stand with Hong Kong Japan had um, uh, hosted a demonstration in Shibuya, um, rallying up um, fellow Hong Kongers in, in Tokyo or in Japan. Also, not just the Hong Kong people from Hong Kong, but also local Japanese and some other people too. Like you might be surprised, some other Chinese people were, were showing their solidarity for Hong Kong during this time. So without further ado, William, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you very much for your invitation. Um, so my first question is, um, and we can, I guess we can learn more about Stand With Hong Kong as we, we talk about um, the topic tonight. But maybe my first question to you would be, like, how did you get involved um, with Stand With Hong Kong? Um, you've lived in Japan for quite a while now, but how did you yeah, put yourself in this position to be an activist and working with Stand With Hong Kong? Um, actually, uh, I just been to um, Japan for living starting from 2018, and that is five years, a couple years ago. And at that moment, I just come to Japan for five, for five trips, and I just want to um, to try living in Japan. And I love Japanese culture, food, animation, manga, and also like that. So I just been, I just go to Japan and just for all, all of my reasons is for private. But after one year later, the mm-hmm. 2019, the in June, there are uh, some of the human rights violations happened in Hong Kong and demonstrations begin. And so therefore I'm searching that if there are any means that I could have to support Hong Kong, even I live in Japan. Mm-hmm. So I just searching for, uh, from the internet, from my private um, friends. And I just noticed that in August, there are some uh, events which is uh, supporting for um, Hong Kong solidarity uh, located in Tokyo. So that's my first time to join their events in uh, in Japan, and after that, I just um, get involved in it. And because at that moment, people or men are not so enough, and we have to organize um, the events. We have to rent the place. We have to prepare for the materials using Japanese to explain what happens in Hong Kong at that moment, what kind of human rights violations we have in, we are having. So it is very um, lack of uh, people to help for helping. So we just um, start 
our act- activities by our um, patients to to works our hometown. That's my um, reason why I have joined to the um, such kind of politics um, activists. Yeah, I think that happens with a lot of people, right? Like you mm-hmm. just living your own like normal life, something that you kind yeah. of planned, and out of nowhere, like you know, it comes surprising and like a big event like um, mm-hmm. the the human rights violations um, yes. in Hong Kong occurring. Mm-hmm. It you know it really grabs your attention, and like I'm sure your story is shared by many people who are affected by what's happening in Hong Kong, and they feel that there's a need to do something. And um, I also, I think that's very commendable that you, you, mm-hmm. you know, besides your regular job and with your original plans to be working in yes. Japan, you put this on top, mm-hmm. of, on top of that to prioritize um, what you think is important. So I, I really, mm-hmm. I really admire that about you. Um, Thank you very much. So maybe we can share with our listeners, um, what mm-hmm. are some of the key objectives of, um, or the mission of Stand mm-hmm. with Hong Kong? Just for people who are not familiar with Stand in Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the demonstrations of the, um, has been changed uh, time by time. And at the first beginning, in 2019, people are always talking about the five demands. And at that moment, we are very um, being serious to get aligned with uh, Hong Kong's values. So we are talking about the five demands. But nowadays, um, the national security law has been executed and we can't have any more about the freedom of speech in Hong Kong right now. Even though we are living in Japan, we will some kind of having a risk when we talk about the Hong Kong's politics. So um, I think at this moment, uh, in a basic line, we would... He wants what well, what we want is to withdraw the national security law, the really first priority, and then afterwards we could talk about the freedom or any others, um, speech or freedoms or any others kind of freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would like to jump in and ask a few questions, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you mentioned how you got into activism uh, in, when you were here in Japan, but uh, so I think not a lot of people are necessarily familiar with maybe, you know, what life must have been like back when you were in Hong Kong. I would like mm-hmm. to ask about your background. Um, mm-hmm. So, how it's, uh, you know, could you give us a little bit a sense of your background, um, you know, before you came to Japan? Okay. Uh... Actually, I'm just a normal person as you are. <laughs> and then I finished my um, college um, when it was 2016. And after that, I just worked uh, in Hong Kong for two um, years. And then I, because what I've said, I love Japanese culture and I just want to have an um, experience where, that I could live in Japan. So I just work for two years to grab some monies and then use those money to um, support my life in Japan. And I just applied the uh, Rocky Holiday scheme on the, in the uh, 2018. And at that year, I just got the visa and then I just come to Japan. Okay. 
And um, so um, the reason why I ask about your background is because, mm. uh, you know, this year was the 25th anniversary of the handover from the UK uh, yeah. to China of Hong Kong. Uh, and, you know, that was one of the reasons, I guess, that the demonstration at the end of the day got so much attention. Right? Um, yes. um, I wanted to ask you a little bit, you know, like having been somebody who grew up during this time of these, you know, 25 years, um, that yes. um how do you evaluate the situation right now okay. um, um because i was born in 1993 which is a year before the return of to the china so mm-hmm. but at that moment i was a child so i can yeah, think very deeply about the return but um my first um, con- having concern about a return is my well it was um, I think my secondary school and at that moment there are uh, very open in schools or even though in secondary school uh, students or teachers are always talking about some sensitive topics uh, such as a tenement uh, tragedy happened on the um, June 4th we will have such kind of um, curriculums to learn about what happens on that day. And that's my first time to think about, oh, if uh, this kind of situation and Hong Kong just get, get back to uh, China, something like that. So if there are any chances that the tenement tragedy would happen in Hong Kong by any other means, and, and of course, unfortunately, it has happened in the 2019. And that is my, um, uh, before that, I was a little bit, how to say that, just like um, normal Hong Kong people. Uh, you know, the Beijing Olympics happened in the 2008. And at that moment, I, I somehow supporting um, the Chinese uh, athletes. And when they get medals, and I will be uh, grabbing my hands and having some um, excitement, something like that. And mm-hmm. not at that moment, the atmosphere always like um, we are not talking about the uh, disadvantages of China, but talking about the advantages of the Chinese uh, government or the country. They are getting powerful. They are having much more money. They are having well developed, something like that. And we just having maybe not from the school, but from the media, from the internet. So that's my um, image about the China mm-hmm. at when I was. Uh, I think that moment will be oops, would be the uh, primary school. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting what you said about how, you know, perception also changed with your education and learning about uh, the fight yeah. for freedom, I suppose. Right. Um, I'm curious. Also, you you said in 1997, you were just a child. You were what, one year old or something. Um, but did you hear, for example, from your family or maybe older friends, you know, who lived through the handover, uh, you know, mm-hmm. 19. 19- like what was their reaction were they happy about this change like you mentioned a little bit about you know the media and so Um, on how everybody was celebrating the connection with china but you know people around what did they say 
Yes, and at Hanover, I was four years old. So uh, what I've seen is that um, people are not concerning about the Hanover, but we have lives, we have jobs, we have study, we have things to do. And people are concerning about if that we could uh, leave uh, living normally after the handover, but not uh, having a celebration, but in a neutral way thinking about that. Okay, after the handover, if my job would change or if my uh, salary would be uh, increased or decreased, something like that, always we are um, concerned about the leaving, but not about the situation or the politics. The freedom of speech, nothing like that, but only for the surroundings related to our lives. That's my, mm, that's how it was. Mm-hmm. I was felt. felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it makes sense, right? I mean, when these big changes in history occur, often you just think about, you never think it's going to become so tragic, right? You just think, okay, I'm going to have a job. But, you know, it's yes. more the things that are important, right? Um, um, so then uh, I guess we can fast forward <laughs> a little bit and yeah. come to more recent times. And so you mentioned, you know, you came in 2018 and then 2019 and the big demonstrations happened and you needed to do something. Um, and uh, so when you're living here already in Japan, mm-hmm. yeah. now we come to the big change, right, that you said mm-hmm. happened. July 2020, when the national security law was passed. Um, could, yeah. could you tell us, like, walk us through what was your thought process at the time? Like, how did that feel at the time? Um, because when I was first um, joining the uh, events, which is supporting for the Hong Kong um, demonstrations, I ne- never think about that I couldn't go back, get back to Hong Kong. But uh, after the security law has been uh, established and that's even though if I just want to go to my hometown that was a very risky thing I would be get arrested maybe somehow when I would get out of the plane or something like that or even though just um, not maybe not arrested but um, being seen or being observed by such kind of police or people from China government. So it is very shocked when the national security law has been um, established in Hong Kong. And the most shocked thing is that uh, the, the law has been discussed and then has been um, generated or, or has been written by the Chinese government, but not the Hong Kong government. Because at that moment, we, even though having the uh, extradition bill, it only happened in Hong Kong, not all, uh, at least not in the surface, Not it's not related to the Chinese government. But for the national security law, it's totally related to the uh, Chinese government, but not the Hong Kong government. And that means the one country system has been collapsed in, uh, in a very rapid rate. So um, that's very short. We would like to 
change the topic a bit and more on mm. um yeah with with your ac- activities with stand with hong kong um okay. oh so wait sorry so thanks again for yeah for filling us up with your background information and informing mm. our listeners of some of the the i guess the, the law changes i think those are very mm. um important to know as we learn more about um, Stand with Hong Kong. So my mm-hmm. question is, um, in Japan, like since you've lived here for the past couple of years, and especially during the time, um, the, the recent anniversary and the previous um, was it, issues that were arising in Hong Kong for China's ag- ag- aggressions, I wanted to ask is how do you assess mm-hmm. um, the people in Japan's engagement with the current situation in Hong Kong? Um, I could say that um, all, most of the Hong Kong people living in Japan are uh, being affected by the national circuit law um, because uh, just like me, only myself are now living in Japan. But all of my parents, my friends, more other relatives are living right in Hong Kong right now. So... Uh, maybe my activity or maybe my acts in Japan is not only related to me, but related to my um, parents living in Hong Kong. So we always um, notice that the big brother, you know, they are watching us. We are what we talked about in Hong Kong, uh, about Hong Kong in Japan, um, even though we are living foreign. So, you know, but... Uh, the Japan, the Japan uh, society have very much of the Chinese, you know. But first, not all the Chinese are bad, but some of them, they are brainwashing or use mm-hmm. habits, do it, doing such kind of um, spy to recording us, what we have said, what we have done, mm-hmm. talk, what we talk, of course. So... It's just kind of um, circumstance, so it is very risky for us to uh, keep joining other any other um, activities, which is based to public. Mm. Just like the um, rally have, uh, we organized on the second of July, the last uh, Saturday. Yeah. So and so there's um the Hong Kong people are not living in Japan are not um how to say that they they are willing to do or they are willing to support Hong Kong but in uh, actual way they have they have to face about the risk so that makes them to um having a consideration about that maybe not all the people could take that risk to joining us in the public space. But they were, uh, even though they could then join in public, but they could have such kind of um, supports in the bad works. So, yeah, you just mentioned that on the weekend, you, there was a rally, demonstration. Ah, yeah. Um, and that was, was that because of the anniversary, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. so it's five years. Five years, yeah. So it was a significant event and a lot of media in Japan covered, covered the event, um, including us, Japan Forward. Mm. you tell our listeners about the demonstration, about the rally? How many okay. people attended? And um, I think from reading the article, you said there were other, like there were Japanese, there's Hong Kong mm. 
customers and there's also Chinese people in, in support. Kasi, yeah, could you share to our listeners um, maybe just a quick summary of mm. what happened on Saturday? Okay, and that uh, we have organized a rally uh, in located in Tokyo, Shibuya. And that is the day, um, the 2nd of July, that's the day after the Hanover anniversary day because we have to organize on the weekend so that we could uh, much more easier to join um, the events for all uh, Hong Kong people or all of our friends. And that day we are focusing to talk about the handover for 25 years and of course the collapse of the American judicial system. And then the, the most important thing is the two years anniversary of the national security law. And we would like to explain about the risk of the national security law in Hong Kong, not only related to the Hong Kong people, but related to the all around the world, all people around the world, including the Japanese, of course, because in, in the national security law, and they have written, they have written that not only the Hong Kong people, but all kind of um, nationality could be um, available to or could be arrested if you go to Hong Kong or if you go to the China. China. That if you violate the national security law in any place, not only in Hong Kong, but in foreign Japan, Americas, any other countries. So they have to face about the risk if they, even though you are a foreigner, not not leaving Hong Kong, not talking about the Cantonese, not talking, having relatives about the Chinese. But if you say that uh, we fight for freedom, we just stand with Hong Kong, and that will be a evidence that maybe somehow they just take your wordings as violating the laws and then they could just use the law to arrest you when you go to the place that Chinese government could put their hand on it. So it's just kind of um, um, depressing our human rights that one of the important things is our freedom of speech, of course. Right in Japan, you could have um, freedom of speech or having a freedom of rally with freedom of demonstrations, freedom of doing um, things, but of course not violating the law. But in Hong Kong, the existence of the national security law just um, depressed all kind of the freedom we have. We have in parts, but not we, but we lost after the law exists. So that is the main point we would like to talk or we would like to explain to Japanese because they maybe they could not read about the Cantonese or even in English. So we have the responsibility that we are the people that knowing the, the laws so much. So that's why we would like to uh, we would like Japanese also to recognize the risk of the law, not only related to the Hong Kong people, but also related to the to the world. Mm-hmm. 
That's um, really interesting how you explained it. Actually, very easy to understand, right? So this doesn't just affect yes. us. Like this could affect anybody who, uh, if the, yes. if the Chinese government decided to do something about it, right? Um, so I guess this ties well to a question that I was thinking. If you had to say what the biggest challenge is trying to raise awareness about this issue in Japan, would you say that making people think that this is also a problem that affects us? Are there any other things that come to mind? Yeah, uh, I think um, that all of all kind of edifice, not only the Hong Kong, but the others in their other um, circumstances, not only the politics, but maybe the environment or maybe um, any other uh, social problems. The one thing we have to face is that the people, um, Japanese people, of course, their awareness about their problems in the society is very low, which um, mm -hmm. in, a clear, in a clear way that they did not or they, not, they are not concerned about the politics. They are not concerned about their um, environments or the society. I think a little bit um, similar, just like what I have said, the Hong Kong people after at the handover, people not concerned about the politics, environment, politics, the environment, the society, but only concerned about our lives. What we have uh, face, what we have to face after tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, and something like that, which is very not, it's a coming future, but not a far future. But if, um, because, but if we not, we are not looking so far, and there's consequences just like us. The Hong Kong has been um, collapsed and then the human rights violations has been coming and we have no means to fight back or fight against the Chinese government. So we are having the experience about the lack of the um, awareness up towards the politics, towards the um, stakeholders. We, we talk about that. So it is, of course, it is another responsibility for us to tell them to not repeat our experiences, just like Hong Kong mm -hmm. have what's happened in 2019, because we didn't fight back in the handover, after the handover or after the umbrella movement happened in, in the 2014 and then 2019 we just felt the danger in a very late way so we would like to um not tell but we would like to express our feelings of two works that and tell and to to talk about not to repeat our history Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think very, very powerful message. So, you know, yeah. you can learn from this situation, right? Um, so, I guess looking forward, um, the question, the last question that I would like to ask for me is uh, mm -hmm. uh, is the future of Hong Kong? Um, you said that, you know, what do you think are the things that need to happen for things to improve? But, you know, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I think what, um, the future of Hong, uh, Hong Kong will 
have we have to first withdraw the national security law, and then we could talk about the future of Hong Kong. Because I think the fact is that for the Hong Kong uh, after the handover or before the handover, we didn't have one um, fault which um, people are having the equal. Mm, balance for their faults. Even though we when there uh, after the handover, we could vote to the district council, but not for the mm-hmm. council of the uh the house, you know. So uh, we are not having a platform to uh, to know what exactly Hong Kong people, Hong Kongers would like to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, of course, I have my own opinion, but we, I don't know any others. Maybe they will have any other opinions towards Hong mm-hmm. Kong. Maybe they would like to go back to uh, England, British, um, or maybe they would like to be in uh, another colony of, of the uh, America, I don't know that, or maybe the independence. But all this kind of... Uh, choice has to be list up or has to be um, giving a possibility to let Hong Kong people to choose. That is my um, future think about the Hong Kong or that is my um, perspective. Yes, um, thank you so much. I think that's like really the, the gist of it, right? I mean, before we talk about what will happen, we really need to give people an opportunity to decide what can happen to them so yes exactly so yeah would, if anybody has any questions for William on Twitter space on your Twitter app you can press the there's like a hand raise button um, it's I'll just try this out like that <laughs> and if you have a question I can open up um, as a speaker and we can maybe take a few if not we can just wrap up and we can call it a we can call it a night I, I noticed that Hirano-san was in the call earlier um, who we published her work before Hirano-san's also a great activist um, for the Hong Kong um, for support for stand up for Hong Kong um, I sent her a message earlier but I think she's at work but um if anybody has questions or anything they'd like to ask, let us know. If not, we can um, we can wrap up. Any takers? Maybe while we wait a minute uh, for if people decide what they want to ask a question. In the meantime, maybe William, if you could share if, uh, uh, anything that you would like to share with listeners about maybe some of the activities that stand with Hong Kong will be doing in the next few months or anything that you tell us. Okay. Um, I think right, right now it, it is a very uh, critical period for uh, Japan because they are having their foes to the house right now and it will be finished on the uh, 10th of July, uh, three days later. So in this moment, we are very um, hard to take the focus in the Japan, of course, in the media, from the media or from the ordinary people. But after that, we, we will try to uh, make 
much more con- connections towards the uh, politicians in the, in Japan to make sure they have enough um, knowledge or they have enough background information about what Hong Kong happened in 2019. And we are urged urging the Japanese government to uh, maybe not maybe not so far. We of course we would like them to have a sanction towards the Chinese government, but maybe not too far. Maybe they have to concern about their further cooperation towards um Chinese government or even though um having much uh much more uh Chinese tourists would be a good choice for you for the Japanese or for the Japan society. And that will be the um things we would like to do afterwards to related to the um the politicians in the Japan's uh, government or even over like that because we are very lack of uh communications right now. Yeah, I think that would be um, something we should keep an eye out for um, in mm-hmm. Japan board and also for our listeners to see if you can. Um, mm-hmm. People have connections from our listeners. Please get in touch yes. with them and stand with Hong Kong. Sure. Um, it yeah, definitely sure. make, make the, the work a lot easier and smoother. Um, but mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's a good strategy to get the word out. Um, so, William, thank you for your time and for speaking with us today. Mm-hmm. Um, your efforts withstand with Hong Kong is is great. Um, we mm-hmm. admire your work and the people that you work with. I know Hirana San's also in this call, but like we we thank you for you know making sure that um, the news about Hong Kong and what's happening is being mm-hmm. made aware to people, especially in Japan. Uh, and I think that's very important. I think what mm-hmm. you also described as your your normal life, <laughs> I think mm-hmm. that's inspirational. That you you're not you know, a trained activist or, you know, someone who, who did this to be, who was born to do this. But I yes. think there's, um, it's inspirational that you think there's, there's a responsibility and there's an um, element, I guess, of um, pride and just to understand um, the value of human rights. Mm-hmm. I think that's, um, that's something great. Um, and to hear you talk about that was um, very mm-hmm. inspirational. Um, but mm-hmm. also with, um, what you shared tonight on the Twitter space and understanding the risks of the national security law that was passed. Mm-hmm. I think that's um, a big eye opener for me and maybe for a lot of the listeners um, to see mm-hmm. how that can be risky, um, not just with Hong Kong, um, but it can happen to maybe influence other parts of like um, government or state sanctions within Japan. So that's definitely something people should be, um, be more careful about. And one last mm-hmm. thing is that you're galvanizing the community and fellow supporters and providing them with educational material and raising awareness of the situation in Hong Kong. I think mm-hmm. um, this is very important and we'd like to support you as much as we can. And we hope that um, you're getting in touch with government officials, government bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll help um, the, the group, the non-profit organization group, Stand With Hong Kong. Um, reach mm. new new heights and um, reach more people. Um, just before we go, is there anything you'd like to? Do you have any further announcements or anything you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, uh, yeah, because uh, I will have another um 
talk section uh, on the 17th of July, uh, which is located in Tokyo. And we will, of course, I will talk about the situation of Hong Kong. And that is a, a talk event uh, organized by the one of the NGO called MIS. And let me, let me share. Okay. Is it the one that the Asian, Asian Youth Human Rights uh, Summit? Yes, exactly this one. Okay, yes. Uh, we can share it on our uh, website as well. Okay. That would, that would be helpful. <laughs> okay. And um, on a, where is it taking place? Um, I don't know if you have been there. The oh. Olympic Center just located mm-hmm. uh, in the... It's in Yoyogi. Yoyogi, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is July 17th. July 17th, yeah. Okay. From, from 1 to 5.30 JST. And it's free students. <laughs> uh, free for Hong Kong people, but not uh, the others. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so, so just we hope to see you over there. But of course, that uh, summit will be under Japanese. So maybe people who are... Uh, understand Japanese could like to join us I hope to see you that day alright so yes thank you William again please follow yeah. him on Twitter and follow Sandwich Hong Kong JPN yeah. um, we will on Japan Ford will you know try to cover as much as we can with Hong Kong the, the situation with Hong Kong and with this upcoming meeting um, this talk event in New Yogi so please keep an eye sure. out for that um, and maybe we'll follow up with you, William, if there's a story that we can do together. Um, again, yeah. just to to keep um, the community and keep everyone informed. Of course. Um, yeah, so listeners, thank you for joining us tonight. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We also have a YouTube channel, and our spaces mm-hmm. will be distributed on Spotify and Apple Music, so you can subscribe to that as well. At Japan Forward, we're looking for contributors and writers. Get in contact with us if you want to submit a written piece. And let us know if you can translate English to Japanese or vice versa. If there's any other skill set that you have that you think you can add value to our vision, please don't hesitate to get in touch. We will do another Twitter space um, again next week. So keep an eye out for that announcement. Thank you for listening to the Real Issues, Real Voices, Real Japan podcast by Japan Forward. Visit our website for more information regarding our podcasts and other news on Japan. Catch you next time.